Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes, and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome everybody to The Human Conversation. I've got a fantastic guest with me today. I'm really, really excited about having this guy on. I've met him in real life. See, I don't always meet my guests in real life first, but I have met this guy. Um, and his name is John Cleary. So he is a personal brand photographer and he runs John Cleary Photography. John, welcome to The Human Conversation. Hi Jules, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm really pleased you're here because I have had a preview of some of your story. So, you know, I, I'm you privileged have, yeah. <laughs> for the listeners. Uh, you know, we're going to dig deep. We're going to find out a little bit about where John came from and then we're going to bring it up to date as to what you do now so that okay. we just get the journey, the journey of John. Sounds good. All right. So, John, when you left school, what was it that you wanted to do? I wanted to go into IT, but I wasn't really education compatible, is what is the way I put it. Um, I never really got on with school, just didn't enjoy it at all. And um, I'd done my levels and I just knew that I didn't want to do another three years of education in university. Um, and so I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I had a Saturday job in Woolies. And, good old um, Woolies, good old Woolies, good old, John. Good old Woolies, good old Woolies. And um, they had a full-time job going. I thought, well, I should just, I'll just apply for that. At least it'll give me a bit of cash, you know, just while I'm working out what I'm going to do. So I went to the interview and they said, um, why, you've just done your A-levels. Why on earth are you applying for a full-time job here? I said, well, that's what I want to do. He said, lying through his teeth. <laughs> and um, they said, um, well, why, why don't you apply for retail management? Um, so I said, okay. And, and I did, and I went for an interview in Birmingham and, and, and got offered a place as a training manager. That's so cool. And do you know why I loved that immediately when you told me when I met you? Was, of course, my dad came from retail. I was brought up yeah. in retail. So it is my first love. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so, um, so, so on from there, you obviously went on this amazing program. We had lots of programs back then, didn't we? We, we had, I, went, yeah. I worked at NatWest Bank at 16. Okay straight from school right. I was just like you I didn't know what I wanted to do so I wrote 50 letters just like my mum and dad told me I should because in those days we wrote letters and I got three jobs and one of them was NatWest Bank and that was the job I yeah. took and of course they all had these management programs going on so you went on this program and then you know at what point did you get your own shop because kind of that's the thing isn't it well, that that was that was obviously that was the that was a plan. But um, while I was doing my training, um, Woolies um, decided that they were going to shut about three hundred stores. There's a big there was a big store close down um, program, and um, they then had more training managers than they actually knew what to do with. Um, so we'd all been trained and, they, and um, what they, at, at the time they shut down all those stores, they were transitioning from the, you know, the, do you remember the red and the gold frontage? And yes. then they changed it to the blue and the, the, the orangey colour 
Yeah. Um, so just went to Woolworths from FW and Co Limited. Um, so I got put onto the refurb team and I had loads of fun in my early 20s um, driving around the country, showing people how to do visual merchandising, um, which was a, a brand new thing in retail in those days. And um, we had a right old laugh. We we're in hotels all the time. Used to go home at the weekends. <laughs> Got my mum to do my washing for me, oh, and then see. go off. And we we're just out on the lash the whole time. It was great. <laughs> so yeah, so misspent youth is kind of where you were at then, John. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. They, they they were my kind of my substitute university days, really. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So you talk about visual merchandising. So if anyone's listening and they're thinking, well, what is that? Tell us a bit more about actually what that was. Well, the way the way that shops always used to display stuff was along the shelves. So if you've got, I don't, for want of a better word, you've got personal along along one shelf. Um, that's that's the way you do it. But instead of doing personal and then have aerial at the bottom and bold at the top, you'd go aerial, personal, bold, so that everybody could see all three things. It's changed. Yeah. I mean, it's changed again now. Yeah. What they do now, what they do now, is put the most the most expensive or most profitable in the in the eye line and then all the cheaper stuff the last stuff that's got less profit in it goes at the bottom that's really fascinating actually i think people who don't know this uh, the retail um, industry they won't really realize half the things that goes on with merchandising will yeah. they because it's really probably, quite fascinating probably, isn't it? probably not but, but how do you know that now because is it that you just notice those things because you did it john yeah, it's just yeah. you get you get gets ingrained, doesn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. It just isn't it? gets ingrained. I worked in a hotel for five. Well, actually, it was more a conference centre stroke hotel for five years. Right. I can't okay. walk into a hotel now without just looking at things I and would never have stuff. looked at before. You yeah. Know? So it's actually a burden, John. I have to tell you, it's yeah. a burden. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's that you do. It's you just you. Do, it just becomes part of you, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. So um, you, you're on the lash. Okay. Let, let's just swiftly move past that one, John. <laughs> um, presumably, at some point, you realised you couldn't probably live for the rest of your life doing that. What happened to change? Well, what no, I got pulled away from that team and put onto um, another team called Kid Store, which was an experiment they had. They opened the first one in Ealing, and then there was one down South London somewhere, and then there was one out in Colchester. Um, and that was like a Woolies for Kids, so it was toys and toys and sweets and clothes, basically. Um, so I got pulled onto that team, and basically I was given almost complete autonomy in what I did, which was which was great. But it, actually, one of the funny things was, when it, in my Woolies career, I, I worked with Phil Collins, <laughs> Eddie Cochran, and Tracy Chapman. And, <laughs> and, and none, of them, none, none of them were the real ones. Oh, really? I, just, I, was, <laughs> they, I thought you were going to say the real ones they, then. <laughs> No, they weren't. They weren't the real ones. They were. They were just people in 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 uh, in Woolies, which which was really funny. But then I did work as we did the openings with with Kid Store. We had loads of I say big names. There were kids' names. So you know, Timmy Mallet and Floella yeah. Benjamin yeah. and. I was once the bouncer Philip Schofield. Well, bought... Yeah, but this this is a story. We have to make something <laughs> of this. So tell us that one again. So so. Um, we booked Philip Schofield for half an hour to do 
I, I can't remember whether he was opening it or it was an appearance. I don't, I don't think it was opening it, but he half an hour for an appearance. And, the, and the, the idea was that we took him out to the front of the store, get him to do signatures and everything. This was at the height of his popularity with the brim cupboard and... Um, Gordon the gopher. Gordon the gopher, that's <laughs> right. So he turned up, the store was absolutely mobbed and it took us half an hour to get him from the back of the store where he walked into it to the front of the store we're like he's got to go how do we get him out of here so we ended up surrounding him running him out down down ealing high street round the back into the into the um delivery delivery lift and take him back in so I was once Philip Schofield's bouncer. That's, that's one of my claims to fame. I love that. And, and this came about me actually, well, I did know this when I met you because we did chat for a long time when I met you. But actually I did a thing in my Facebook group, didn't I, John, where I said, as far as I know, I'm the only one in the group who, and it was all about trying to reveal these really different things about yourself. And all of a sudden John comes in and says, I was Philip Schofield's bouncer and of course we giggled we really did but what a great story for you to tell yeah that's so your woolly days were actually filled with quite a lot of fun um I think oh, you yeah. did a lot of stuff by the sounds of it and also you know oh, yeah. you developed a lot of skills by the sounds of it too yeah absolutely absolutely um so so once once kids store finished um I I had had a job as I said I'd, I'd I'd had basically complete autonomy in what I did I could do whatever I want you know I'd get up in the morning decide I'm going to go to Colchester today or or whatever and then that project finished and um, I was put into the store planning department in on Marylebone Road um, which was just a, such a massive culture shock for me having having worked in stores and and kind of used to being used to moving around and then and then having even more autonomy and just being able to work in whatever store I wanted to being kind of effectively chained to a desk from nine till five mm -hmm. and within within a couple of weeks I thought this is not for me I just can't do this so I ended up I ended up getting out of it and and going into other stuff yeah yeah well, I think it's really interesting, isn't it, when you think about the workplace today um, and the fact that we are still doing this nine to five thing. You know, companies yeah. are still doing that. And actually, the, the autonomy, I think it helps you hugely to be more productive, more responsible, more confident. You know, you think about what that brings when you do allow your people to just have that autonomy. It's really amazing, isn't it? It is. Well, Google, um, you, you, I'm sure you know this, but Google, um, when, you've got, when you work at Google, you, they ask you to work on your job for 80% of the time. And the other 20% of the time, you work on your own projects. And that's how stuff like AdWords and Gmail came about. Awesome. I love that. It's just that creativity, isn't it? And I was yeah. reading a report the other day, actually, because I'm really starting to now get interested in data and stuff. I'm geekier than I thought I ever was, John. <laughs> and I was reading a report about the things now that em employers really need to instill, you know, training-wise into their people. And it was things like creativity. Um, it was about uh, complex problem solving. But it was all these kind of creative, out-the-box things that we've never thought to train our people in you know, or allow our people to, to yeah. flourish in. And they're getting the message now that we've got to let people be who they are. 
because that's the beauty yeah. isn't it you know it's completely it my is <laughs> yeah but, well there is and and that's it is the way it should be i mean you know i've i've, I've been out of i've been out of kind of business employment now for 10 years so i'm kind of i feel a little bit out of touch with what's going on in employment but mm. I, st I still do see lots of people who are kind of tied down to to whatever but yeah but yeah that, it's, it's but you're absolutely right you know mm. it does it does have to change and you give people autonomy and and they will do they, they will do better work yeah i think so i think they flourish so um you've gone out of this planning role obviously because that was just a nightmare so i started work i worked for um a spa you know spa the, the corner shops spa yes. wholesaler yes um working with um they're not franchisees but but basically they're they're storekeepers to um do refurbs i then went and worked for a pharmacy um a pharmacy shop fitting company so anyway i ended up working in asda in store development um and and my manager i think had taken me on because he'd seen the work that that i'd done albeit very very briefly in um in Woolworths um, to, to do the store planning and and after a few weeks he came up to me and said can we have a coffee I'm like yeah okay he said um he said what do you think about computer-aided design system I'm like it's okay it's good it's like are you sure but anyway basically what he wanted me to tell him was it wasn't great which it wasn't and um so they could do way more with it than you know Woolies was was using it to create bills and materials you know all the parts that they needed to create the all their shop fittings yeah. so um he said well would you be able to rebuild a house i'm like yeah okay so anyway i became the i became the cad manager basically for asda um and then asda decided to outsource their it to ibm and um when um one day I got a phone call from somebody in IBM said, oh, I want to talk to you about your transfer to IBM. And I said, I'm not transferring as far as I know, but I'd <laughs> quite like to. Can we have a coffee? So we had a coffee and um, he said, well, yeah, you can come over. And um, I moved to IBM. So I spent a long time in IBM. And then um, soon after I joined them, I, I became a web content management consultant and worked on intranets with companies like um, Virgin Atlantic and BA and Shell Oil and Seven Trent Water and Boots and all sorts of other companies, um, which was great fun. Um, and then I got to the point where I was starting a family and the, the job that I was in meant that I was spending a lot of time living out of a suitcase in hotels because I was, you know, flying off every, here, there and everywhere to yeah. see clients. Yeah. I just didn't want to be the sort of dad that was only ever saw kids at weekends. So um, I decided to find a new job within IBM. I mean, IBM is such a big company, you know, yeah. there's, there's yeah. a whole job market in there. So yeah. um, I became a what's called a resource development manager. And that's basically sending some other poor people off to go and live in hotels while I, <laughs> while I work at home. It's not quite as glamorous as everybody thinks, is it? No, it's really it. not. It's yeah. really, really not. Yeah. It does sound glamorous, but but very it's rarely not. do you get to go and do sightseeing. And, no. and by the time you finish working and 
especially when you're working with clients, you've really got to be on the ball. So at the end of the day, you're absolutely knackered and yeah. not in any fit state to go gallivanting around. So, mm. so yeah, so you just, just basically it's taxis, offices, travels and hotel rooms and that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've got this new job as a, a as a resource development manager and um, I was working from home and, and, and again, all the time in IBM, I always I could always see where I wanted to go to next, what my next role would be, and um, out of resource management, I I saw a role um, which was a which was a, a in a global in a global team with 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 IBM HR, um, working on this incredible project, um, which was all about the life cycle of of employees and and kind of reducing costs in terms of hiring and firing yeah. so I got involved in that and I was I was on that I was on that project for for quite a while it's a great really great project but 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 basically I was working from home all of the time um, and I really developed this constant low mood which which got to the point where I was off work for quite a while um, I think probably five or six months. I really just wasn't wasn't right. Mm. I couldn't didn't really know what was wrong, but I knew I wasn't right, and mm. and really just not just not me. Mm. Um, and over the course of the the therapy that I had, I kind of realised what was missing, and what was missing was the human connection. Human connection. Yay! That's it. Isn't human it? connection. Yeah, absolutely. But that's exactly what it was. You know, I was, I was, I was seeing wife, my wife and kids um, in the evening, but, it, but I wasn't having all the other normal conversations that you would have. Well, in fact, that's, that's not even, that's not even true because I was having conversations. I was on conference calls yeah. all, all hours of day and night. So I was talking to people, but that's there's something about actually being with people that, that, I don't know kind of keeps you sane and I wanted to talk to you about this and, and, I, and I know you don't mind because we've talked about it but I think it's really important for people to listen to these things because you hear all the time that men particularly find it really hard to talk about their feelings how they are you know if they've come into depression or breakdown or low mood or whatever happens mm. to them it's very hard for them to kind of come to terms with it or speak about it and actually that's what I love about you and I is that we've been able to actually talk about this because for someone mm. listening this could be really important to them you know that's what the podcast yeah. is about so yeah no absolutely and it, and it isn't it is important to talk to people um and that, that was the reason that that was the reason I got poorly in the first place but yeah. but yeah it is it is really it, it is really important to talk about it um and you know I I mean, I got through it, obviously, and and the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing today is is because of because of that. Mm. You know, I I worked out that the problem was a lack of human interaction, physical, you know, face to face human interaction. Yeah. And having been a kind of a fairly keen amateur photographer, um, I just thought, well if I if I could do wedding photography on a Saturday that would allow me to do my job but then also get to see people mm. um, and I quickly realized that actually being a wedding photographer 
if you do it properly, isn't just a case of turning up on a on a Friday, sorry, on a Saturday to a wedding and 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 spending the day with people. It's there's way more to it than that. Yeah. Um. So I ended up I ended up um I started this in 2009 and I left in 2011 and I've been I've been full time ever since. Wonderful. Doing my own thing. Yeah. which is great fun and I know you've done different types of photography you've, you've sort of had um, a lot of really interesting learnings around photography Absolutely. and I, I think what I really wanted to touch on with your photography because now we've come much more up to date of course is that you and I have this um, real alignment around human connection around authenticity being Absolutely. you um, so this isn't just about your headshot type of photography is it John tell us more about what you're really no. so so what I what I learned was um kind of as I've as I've done this more professionally and I and a, a few years ago I had a studio where um I was photographing um we, it was it was basically makeover photography and and clients would come um they'd bring their sisters or the mothers or daughters or or best friends um, had a fantastic makeup artist that I worked with, and they they they'd walk in off the street in their you know their, their you know they just their well you know it might be a tracksuit or or whatever, um, no makeup on. We do a before shot and then we do an after shot, um, but that that process of going through hair and makeup and then me coaching them and because quite often quite often people come in they would be very nervous about being photographed and. Mm -hmm. And most people are nervous about being photographed. Most people don't like being photographed. Mm. Um, and th th the thing is that when they don't like it, they have a face. We all have a photograph <laughs> yeah. face. And, yeah. and, and when we see it, we don't like it. And I, I always think it's like a, it's like a, it's like a vicious circle. The more, mm. the more we hate photos of ourselves, the more we see the more we kind of put that face on and yes. it's about breaking the cycle and actually kind of feeling comfortable in front of the camera because I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day we've all got photos of ourselves haven't we that that we love yeah and the ones the ones that are the ones we love quite often are the ones that we didn't know were being taken absolutely. because we're, we're just being ourselves yeah so, absolutely um so I've kind of I've kind of got quite fascinated in this whole psychology thing around photography and, 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 and how it works and how very tiny changes in, in head position or camera position or, or even just a smile can make a massive difference between looking okay and looking great. Yeah. So, so it's, I kind of spend a lot of time coaching people rather than just sticking them in front of me with a camera and just, click there you go they're smiling that's that's you done it's it's about making people feel comfortable in front of the camera yeah. and then really capturing the essence of who they are so that so that they're really pleased and and they're proud to show the photo off if you know what I mean yeah because it's kind of like well what is the point in going through all this if you don't actually then want to show everybody the pictures afterwards Abs yeah you know? absolutely so it's lovely but I think particularly when you link it then to business which is obviously what we've talked about and the fact you're a personal brand yeah. photographer you know personal brand is huge and this is my UHP my unique human proposition I'll drop that one in there 
but this is because we are all unique. You know, there's no other John on the planet. There's no other, no other Jules on the planet. So then why wouldn't you try and portray that in your photography about your business? So Absolutely. you're almost creating a story of your business and where it comes from and, and your personal brand, you know. Com completely right. And <laughs> yeah, and this is, this is why, because obviously, you know, when, when we met, I grabbed you after you'd, after you'd spoken at, um, at Woman Who because I, just, I could just see the synergy between what we do. We, we, the, the, there is a lot of synergy, even though we do, we're kind of different parts of the sales cycle. Yeah. We are doing kind of the same thing. It, it is about being human. And this is this is this is one of the things that that I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of get into small business people's heads really is that um you know with we all and I've done it myself um you know you, we we kind of talk about what we do um and then we move on to what we do for our clients but the bit that's missing is actually putting ourselves out there because people buy people. Yeah. And, and when you're looking at a website and you can't see who the person is that's telling you about what they do, mm. people are less likely to buy you. And yeah. so if you can get your face in there looking great, yeah. then you're more likely to get to the next stage, which is the bit that you do, which is a sales conversation. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I've got this one picture, and, and I do like it, actually. I love it. You know, there you go. I love a picture yeah. of me, um, and I'm holding a, a mug. I'm, I'm, I've got a cup of tea, and I'm holding a mug. And um, it's right. one of those pictures. It's very natural. I am looking at a camera, but it's just caught me, and I'm holding this cup of tea. I get so many comments from people about how much they love that photo. And I'm convinced it's because I'm holding a cup of tea, you know, and I, and I know that might not be, be it, but it's almost that real image of somebody yeah. every day. <laughs> I don't know. I get lots of comments about it. So. But I know that I know the photo and I think it is, it is about, it's about the connection in the yeah. photo. Yeah. Because th this is the other thing is that, is that you, if you, if you've seen, if you look at, if most if you've seen my photography, a lot of it, people are looking straight into the camera. And, and that's how you kind of form this connection with people. And, that's, and that will be why people love that photo, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah it's like the If eye, it's the one the I'm thinking contact. of, you are looking, you're looking straight in it. Pink it's, top, pink top yeah. and a cup of tea. Yeah. 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 But it is, it's about, it's, again, comes back to connection. No, it does. And, and, you know, at some point, you and I have already said that we, we will most definitely do something together, I think, by way of some sort of workshop. Yeah. Um, because there's such a lovely yes. um, value add, isn't there, for us to do something together for clients, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah I see that. So there's another little story just um, before we finish, because I hate to say that we've been chatting for quite a long time and I could chat all night, as always. I'm a good chatter. Um, <laughs> But there's another story you told me about a guy and you took a specific type of photo because of what he did and what he loved. And I don't know if you remember this, but you took him somewhere specific. Do you remember? Yes, I know. I know what you're talking about now. So so this was this was a guy that rang me up. I'd 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 met him actually speaking at an event and he came up to me and said, he said, I, I want to work with you at some point. I'm like, OK, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Well, you know, whenever you're ready. And I'm, and I'm never pushy with people. Do you know what I mean? I'm Good. just like, <laughs> I, 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 you know, if 
if if you mean it, you'll come and find me when you're ready type yeah. thing. And he, he, he actually sent one of his clients to me first off because um, they needed photos before he did. And, and he was delighted with what I did. So we had the conversation. So with me for, for a personal brand shoot, it's not just about let's rock up and start shooting. I go through a process with people to find out who they are, what's unique about them, what makes them tick, what, how, how their business works, etc. So this guy said to me, he said, um, he said, one of his interests was sculpture. And um, he's, he's a marketing guy. So one of the things he said to me was, I get into people's heads. So I said, okay, so, so I'd, I'd got these two things. And, and um, anyway, then we started, well, where are we going to shoot it? So I said, well, leave it with me. Let, me. let me have a think about what we can do. Anyway, I did a bit of research on, online for sculpture parks and found the sculpture park, which was absolutely perfect. And even better, it was about 50 or 60 miles away from where he lived. And in this sculpture park, there's um, it's kind of a profile of a head. For the listeners who aren't watching on YouTube, if you if you couldn't if you, see it, how would you describe it? So so if you if you imagine if you imagine a silhouette of a head side on, so you can see the nose on one side with a hole in it, that's effectively how it would look for anybody who can't see. I thought, well, that's perfect. So I I we we went we went to thing and I and I got him kind of leaning in the sculpture in somebody's head. At a sculpture park, which is which is stuff that he really loves, and he was he was absolutely delighted with it, yeah. um, and couldn't believe as well that he didn't know about the sculpture park. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but, but how memorable is that then as a photograph? As well? Absolutely, and he uses yeah. it all over the place, and yeah. I think it's very successful for him yeah. in terms of people remembering who he is. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're very clever at what you do. Um, I, I also think that it's, it's so fascinating when I have these conversations on my podcast to think about where people have come from, where they started, what the jobs were that they had and where they are now. You know, it's, it's so incredibly interesting to see yeah. the journeys we take, the different places that we end up, you know, but actually we usually end up doing something we absolutely love, which is wonderful. Yeah, That's really it wonderful. is. It is. So, so listen thank you so much i've loved our chat thank you i knew it's I would. been great <laughs> um i'm going to get all your links so that the listeners um, and anyone who watches on youtube they can see all the ways to connect with you because we're all about oh, connection, thank, thank you as you yes. know um, and the minute john and i have decided when we will actually do something together don't you worry listeners we will be letting you know because yeah, you'll know about uh, it i'm excited about doing something with john but thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk to me, John. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I've loved it. I really have. And for the listeners, you know, obviously we hope you've loved it too. We hope you've learned a little bit about the journey of life. We hope you've learned a little bit about mental health because we covered that too. And we also hope that you now understand what personal branding is really about, especially when it comes to photography. Because um, John's your man, obviously. So thanks for listening. You know that we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, and we're on SoundCloud, and we're now on Stitcher. So follow us, like everything, put comments, put us up the charts so everybody can listen to the amazing human conversations that we're having. Thanks for listening this time. 
we will be back again with another human conversation. Ta-da for now. You've just been listening to the Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.